Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We cannot talk about any relationship in our lives right now without grappling with the effect of the pandemic. And I think the learning for me is that the pandemic made politics um, not hypothetical to anyone anymore. Wherever you land on it, it just brought it all in so personally that it really changed the character of the kind of fights we're having with our family members and friends and and random strangers online. Um, And it changed the intensity of the emotion around those fights. And we're not going to get out of that through vaccines, right? It's going to take a lot of work for us to figure out who we are to each other on the other side of this. So how do we move forward together when we're so far apart? Well, Beth Silvers writes about this in a new book that she co-authored with Sarah Stewart Holland called Now What? How to Move Forward When We're Divided About Basically Everything in There. They let us know that we're not alone with this situation. They also share with us ways that we can start a conversation to try to move things forward. We're going to hear that and so much more. We're joined today by Beth Silver. She's the co-host of Pantsuit Politics Podcast. She's also the co-author of Now What? How to Move Forward When We're Divided About Basically Everything. We are definitely living now in a world where we are more divided than we ever have been. And we're going to get around to that book in just a little bit. But first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, and, and how this whole world of podcasting and authoring came to be for you. I never imagined that I would be a podcaster. I did not know what one was just a month before I started the podcast with my friend, Sarah. Um, so I was working in a law firm. I'm a lawyer by training and uh, education. I spent six years practicing, five years as a human resources executive. When my uh, friend from college, Sarah, invited me to guest post on her blog, and I wrote a little bit about how divided we are and how that Um, especially was manifesting through social media. This was back when we were fighting, um, at least where I live, about Cecil the Lion. Do you all remember Cecil the Lion, Um, who'd been hunted by a dentist? And it was like the most Mm. important issue in the world back then. It was a calmer time. And Sarah invited me to do a podcast with her. I said, I don't know what that is. She said, don't worry, we'll figure it out. (laughs) And so uh, we started Pantsuit Politics, and it's really been a gift in my life. I have two children. My daughter's are 11 and 7. And so uh, now I have an opportunity to be there when they get on the school bus and off it and with them for much of the summer um, while still doing work that's very meaningful to me and that I love. Sarah and I make two shows a week where we talk about the news. We like to say we process the news. So we're not journalists. We're just talking through what we understand is happening and what it means to us. And then we get to do fun things like write books and speak to students on campuses and organizations about tough conversations. So um, I'm very, very lucky. Speaking of those tough conversations, the both of you do quite often have opposing views. Sometimes we have very different personalities and we have different orientations to what government exists to do. That was probably more pronounced when we started the podcast. I was a registered Republican then, Sarah, a registered Democrat. We are both Democrats now. You know, the political landscape here in the United States has changed quite a bit. Um, and so we we do not advertise ourselves as having disagreement because people expect you to kind of yell and scream at each other when you do. <laughs> right. But we certainly come from different perspectives and are always interested in learning what we can learn from those differences. I think a lot of, I don't know, for me anyways, I'm like a non-confrontational kind of person. So if I have an opposing view from somebody, I just kind of sit there quietly. But I know that's not the case, especially 
with things like social media, right? Like maybe face to face, you'll kind of be calm with somebody, but if it's online and you're not face to face, then people seem to let it fly a little bit more easily. Have you found that to be the case as well? Yeah, it's almost like online disagreement is a form of status. Like I'm telling the world uh, something important about me if I can roll in and disagree with you in in as hot a way as possible. <laughs> and then in person, we kind of back away from that because in person, you have to live with the consequences of, of bringing that to the party. And we back away from it so much in person that it starts to become unhealthy in that direction. So what Sarah and I are always looking for is how do we find that place where disagreement is generous and it's valuable and it's a form of trust to say to someone, wow, I really see this differently. Um, what's the benefit in us understanding why we are in different places on this? Is that how the book came about, like doing the podcast together and figuring out and sorting out how to have these conversations when you do disagree with one another? Yeah, we wrote our first book after several years of podcasting, and we tried to just step back and say, okay, if we were to name what it is we've learned about disagreement, let's let's do that. And the second book is really a follow-up. So our first book is called I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening. And we heard a lot of people say, okay, I read the book. Uh, I still think they're wrong. I'm listening, but they're still wrong. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so now what, how to move forward when we're divided about basically everything is us kind of coming to the table to say, well, it depends. It depends on who this person is. Is it somebody commenting on your Facebook post or is it someone who lives in the house with you? Because what we do next really depends on the context of the relationship and who we want to be to that person and who we want them to be to us. What was the biggest thing that you learned while putting this second book together? that we cannot talk about any relationship in our lives right now without grappling with the effect of the pandemic. Mm. You know, we talked to a lot of listeners as we were writing the book. Tell us about your relationships. What are you going through? And and without putting any parameters around those conversations, it always came back to COVID. And I think the learning for me is that the pandemic made politics um, not hypothetical to anyone anymore. Wherever you land on it, it just brought it all in so personally that it really changed the character of the kind of fights we're having with our family members and friends and, and random strangers online. Um, and it changed the intensity of the emotion around those fights. And we're not going to get out of that through vaccines, right? It's going to take a lot of work for us to figure out who we are to each other on the other side of this. Yeah, that's one thing. Well, we've had a front row seat, especially working in media throughout the pandemic, right? Mm. And um, I've been thinking a lot lately, like there is a lot of healing that needs to take place as this pandemic kind of ends and we move on. Like, never mind the physical and health healing that people need from the effects of COVID, right? Like, there's a lot of relational healing that needs to take place, not only in family and friendships, but like entire communities and nations need to find a way to heal and come together again. Healing is such a beautiful word for it and and not to stretch the, you know, uh, health puns too far. I, I wish we had a prescription for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't. But what we try to offer in the book and, and on our show, I hope, are like words and phrases you can use to start those conversations and to figure out 
where you might go to begin that journey of healing. Because I think a lot of us just feel really stuck. We're we're very out of practice, but it's more than that because we do need, as you said, to have a different kind of conversation. This is this is a new kind of pain that we've endured. And so we're gonna need some new skills for it. One thing that I like, I'm just looking about on about the facts about this book. And one thing that it, it says, it shows you how to, and I just like the first letter or the first word in each one of these sentences teaches you how to engage, listen, explore, understand, and be informed. Why did you choose to go with that? Well, there is a decision to just be in relationship with other people, right? And I think we forget that it's a decision. So part of what we say in the book is that, you 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 might have some relationships that that don't survive this. Sometimes it's not safe. Sometimes it's not uh, healthy for anyone to stay in relationship. So so that engagement is your first decision. Is this a place I still want to be? Is this a place where I can be of service to this person and they can be of service to me, and we can together put something good into the world? So that's the first step. Uh, and then you know all of those those steps along the way. It's not linear. Uh, it's a practice that we just keep showing up. Sarah and I find in our work that people will ask us, like, what do I say when this person says this thing? And I always think, well, like, in what conversation about it? Because it's not like we sit down and have one discussion and hash it out and we're done with any issue. And that's especially not how healing works. And so we try to offer those practices listening exploration that we can keep coming back to, recognizing that this is this is a long game. I like that. And one of the things I was thinking of, you know, this is great, not just for us to read, but somewhere that we really need uh, to figure out how to work through this right now is in churches. We've seen a lot of even faith communities divided the last two years over the response to the pandemic and and what that should be. It's been a really tough two years for spiritual leaders, I feel like. It has. And I think um, if I were leading a community of faith right now, I would hope to just dive right into that work, because if we can't do it in our churches, then I think we're really in trouble. You know, I I would hope that churches would have some some unique skills to bring to this healing work and, and a unique ability to say to everyone, let's just let's talk through this. Let's have some time where we all admit our covid mistakes. I've made a bunch. Right. I've had a bunch of unkind thoughts. Um, I've had moments when I was certain about what was correct, only to be disproven later. Could could we just kind of put all that on the table and make it okay to have some softness around this issue that we've all hardened around so much? That's I think that's the problem. Is that what you're seeing when you talk about churches, that there's been a lot of hardening around some of these issues and that's what pushes us away from each other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um yeah, and so many people have such strong opinions. There's no like room in the middle anymore for I could be wrong, right? It's like I'm right, and if you're not doing it my way, you're an idiot. <laughs> Basically, well, I'll right? go first. I've been wrong a million times. I have been yeah. wrong six ways to Sunday on the pandemic, and we'll probably continue to be right. I thought we were pretty well done, and um maybe maybe we're in a new phase. I think we are in a new phase, but but we're not yeah. done. And we probably won't be for a while. So I'm trying to really lean into some humility after all my wrongness over the past few years. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, just a great stance for people to take. It's always like, I, there's always a chance I could be wrong. And Colleen will tell you, there's always a chance Mike Tom might be wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike Tom is always right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do we incorporate our faith into all of this and and use our faith to help us? with this and help us move forward and stand together. 
Well, this is a very contentious issue right now for so many reasons. Um, I've heard a lot this morning about testimony uh, before the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, where one of the witnesses says that he believes our Constitution was divinely inspired. And, oh, that set off a spiral um, because we're really grappling with how we bring faith into these political conversations. So for me, I am first asking how faith informs my participation, not my votes or my stances on particular issues, but how I treat other people in the course of asking these questions, Um, because my faith is primarily relational. And so uh, that's that's where I'm looking for my faith to really guide me. How am I treating other people as I work through this? And I I kind of think that if I get that right, um, then I will be open to the perspectives and the information that I need to make wise decisions as as each issue in each election comes up. What's um the response been? Like I see the endorsements for the book so far. You've got some pretty impressive names on the endorsement list there, but what have you been hearing from people about their thoughts as they take a look at this? We are really fortunate to have um, listeners and readers who who share a lot about their lives with us and are incredibly vulnerable. And we've had some kind of focus group conversations with people who've read the book and have been incorporating it into their lives that we're going to share on our show in July. And and I think just having that language has been most helpful to people. One, to hear, I'm not the only one dealing with this. I thought it was just me, but actually my story is playing out in households and churches and workplaces across the world. So one, I'm not alone. And two, uh, I don't have to navigate it alone, right? There are some resources. There are some words and phrases. There are some ideas that I can use as I try to make my way toward my people again, even though they feel pretty distant from me. What are some of your top tips maybe for, I don't know, it's been heightened the last two years, so much bad news, 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 right? And Colleen and I, we cover the news firsthand and it's been really tough at times and I'm just in some ways like done. I don't want any more information. I don't want to hear anything else like I'm burnt out, right? So how do we stay informed without getting to that point? Because I think it's actually a dangerous point, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and pretend nothing's going on then. Yeah, I think for... um... So, so two things for people who do not have the news as their as their business, who don't have to follow it like you do, I would say pick one or two sources that you engage with once a day, every day. So an email newsletter, a, a radio show, a podcast, a place that you trust where you can get what you need to know that day, but you know that it's being curated for you and it's being thought through. It's not like that 24-hour never-ending regurgitation of stories. I think Mm. that the news alerts on our Mm. phones are pretty bad for us. I think that going to any place that has to fill 24 hours with just news and commentary uh, is not serving us well. I don't think I'm breaking any new ground there. So I would pick, you know, a couple of trusted sources and stay with those. And if you do that, you will be more informed than 90% of the people around you. The second thing I would say, and I hope this applies equally to those of us who who live in the news and folks who don't. um, I keep a quote on my desk that says, here is the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen. And it just reminds me that as much as this moment feels uniquely awful, it's always been so. And 
remembering that it has always been so and in some ways it will always be so and that even the presence of those horrible things do not negate um, the the beauty that is around me and and the enormous kindnesses that people are capable of uh, just helps me kind of stay anchored. I love that. Um, for our listeners that may be listening today and going like, I'm beyond the point where I can even begin a conversation with someone that I'm so divided with. Uh, and they're like, like this, this conversation makes no sense to me. What would you say to them? Don't start with politics. Uh, don't start with COVID. Don't start with the thing, you know, lean into your strength. You know, that strength finders test. I don't know how valuable it is, but I love the concept of let's figure out um, what we're good at so we can become better at it <laughs> instead of starting with our weakness. I think we need to do the relationship version of that. Uh, if somebody feels really far away from you, instead of going to that thing that's pushed them far away, maybe just try to recall for yourself and then with them, why were we together in the first place? You know, what has always been the, the spark for us? And can we spend some time with that and see where it goes? For those who are interested in learning more uh, about yourself and are learning about the book, how can they go about doing that? Sarah and I are everywhere. You can go to pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. That's our front door. Uh, but you can listen to Pantsuit Politics Podcast wherever you get podcasts. Our book should be available wherever you get books. Again, it's Now What? How to Move Forward When We're Divided About Basically Everything. And we would love to to meet more of you and, and to hear your thoughts and talk with you about these issues. Thank you so love, much for making time for us. Yeah, Thank you I for love having the name. Me. I love the name of the oh, podcast, thanks. by the way. It's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Well, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.